0: This episode of the Happy Hour
1: is brought to you by Sugar and Slice Bakery. Contact Kristen at 863-326-8097. Or you can send her an email at sugarandslicebakery@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can hit her up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bakery. They're located in Eagle Lake by appointment only. They do custom cakes cookies, cupcakes, cheesecakes, and pies. Order for your next party, family get-together, company event. And that's where the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce goes
0: to get all their pastry needs. Drop our name, you'll we'll get you future orders after that. Mention our name and you'll get $5 off your order. So definitely choose Sugar and Slice Baker for all your bakery, pies, pastries, cookie needs. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with, with Johnny, Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sends you... Sent you. Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and I've got my main man, Deuce. What's going on? It's it's the podcast with power. Too sweet to be
1: sour. If you ain't down with this mess, you came to the wrong address because we're about to get funky like a monkey. Talking about our top five games of all time here at the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce. I'm so happy to have my main man, my brother, my tag team partner in life, Johnny Womack, and our good, good friend, Johnny's romance that won't stop. It can't quit. It's just not gonna happen. Mike, Mike, what is going on, brother?
2: Well, it's a little worse now that you just kind of outed us on the whole internet. But <laughs> it's I mean, our I little secret out there. You can't pull it back. So, I uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, of course. uh For the, this is our uh, we're actually doing a live Google Hangout here for folks at home on the internet, so on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Facebook you'll be able to see our pretty mugs, so we're trying this out. And we think it's a really good conversation, because top five games of all time is obviously very subjective. There's, everyone's always going to have their own. It's very debatable, arguable, you know, what's the no, best game. Right no, yes. <laughs> there
2: are right and wrong answers. Yes. There are right and wrong oh. answers? And I will let you know when you are wrong. Uh, I feel bad. And so will everyone
0: else. True, true. So, uh, of course, every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce uh, starts off with the Deuce salute. Now, if this is the first on- time you've seen this, we're going to do it on video. Yep. yep a little yep. Deuce salute, what that Show means. It with
1: our New uh, happy hour with Johnny and Deuce Koozie. Ooh, look at that swag. Yeah. That nice, nice swag. I'll hold
0: it for you, Deuce. Thank
1: you, sir. Not bad. (sighs) Hey. I thought I was going to have some
0: performance anxiety doing it on live, but uh, nope. It's good. It's good to go. This
1: is a podcast with no performance anxiety. Let me tell you. it's perfect every time. We might be on
0: performance enhancing drugs, but no performance anxiety. No. So. Of course, uh, this, if you don't know who we are, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And, of course, you can find us all across the Internet. We have this cool little banner behind us here at HH Podcast Show on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show, and you'll see the whole rigmarole there. Uh, we, we've got, we're everywhere in the Internet that has social media, so definitely check us out. Um and Mike is also on Twitter uh @stone500 on Twitter and uh definitely check him out uh, on Stone501 Oh on sorry stone501 on Twitter and then of course uh on PlayStation Network you're also stone500 and on Steam as well Is that correct Mike
2: Uh sorry that cut out the last
0: part what was that The Steam uh what's your Steam and PSN
2: Steam uh, Steam Reddit uh... Yeah, Stone five hundred and YouTube is a uh, Stone the Forbidden.
1: Okay, cool. Well, before we jump into this, there's one thing I want to do. I want to plug Mike Mike's beautiful wife Angela's uh, cross stitch. She should do that real real quick before yep. we jump into all of Angela's this. epic yarn. Oh, the way. yes. Go ahead and see them. They're on Facebook. They're on. They're on everything. Show them the Kirby's,
0: dude. <laughs> these Kirby's are amazing. Check these Kirby's out. They're too legit um, to quit. Too legit to quit. Look at that detail. That is amazing. And how do they find those, Mike? Mike?
2: Um, you can go to Facebook and just search uh, Angela's Epic Yarn. Um, if you also follow the NVC Amiibo group on Facebook, uh, every once in a while she'll post her stuff on that too. So you'll be able to find it that way.
0: So definitely check it out, and she yep. she does commissions and stuff. Just send her what you like. An and-
2: amazing blue shield. It's. Uh,
1: Gorgeous. Shell, yeah, yeah blue Sweet. shell. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. And, and show the, the pillow that you're
0: sitting oh, on. Oh yeah, I'm sitting on a pillow. Yeah. It's oh my boss god, pillow. that's what I want. Check this out. Yeah, that isn't that amazing? Is it's the Toon link from Wind Waker or Young yeah. Link. I guess it's from anything really, but Young Link. It's really really cool. So yeah. check that detail.
1: She does all that stuff on commission. You can go yeah. find her at at how do you find her? Again, Mike, <laughs> it's it's the Epic Yarn and Angela's, An- Angela's, Angela's Epic Yarn
2: on yes. Facebook. Angela's Epic Yarn on Facebook. Especially if you have like rare amiibos that we don't have yet, uh, we she, we, definitely she likes would trade work for those,
1: yeah. And <laughs> on top of that, she made a really nice uh, Metroid scarf I saw the yes. other day that looked amazing. So go check out the pictures, go see that. So, anyways, back to the main topic, which
0: is our top five games.
1: Uh, Who wants to start on this thing? Who wants to draw the short straw?
0: Well, uh, this is the way I was going to do it. I'm actually... Go to five to one? No, 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 no. I'm going to do any... any, It doesn't have to be in order. That's too hard. Okay. Uh, Unless you want to. But I was thinking we'll just do one person at a time, and we'll discuss as that person's talking about it. So, for example, I want to start off with Mike since he is our guest. So we'll have him start, and then as we're... Announcing the game. Obviously, we'll all have comments on it and yeah. we'll just chime in on it. And when Mike's done with all of his five, we'll go to Deuce and then we'll save the best for last, of course. So, Sound good, guys? Yep. In any order. In any order. Sounds yeah. good. To, to, I mean, unless you know it, that's fine. Yeah, but. Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh,
2: well, to start out with, I'm going to pick the obvious one, which anyone that's known me for 10 minutes knows is going to be uh, Metal Gear Solid, PlayStation 1. Oh, yeah.
0: The original, back on <laughs> PS1, like you said.
2: And I don't know that the original and PS1s necessarily my favorite, but I thought that's just an easy one to go ahead and put in there because that was the game that first got me into the series. Um, I, I played a demo on a back when you know there used to be demo disc. You yep. all remember those? Oh yeah, yep. and they came and, in um, magazines. Yep. And I just played the demo over and over and over. And then uh, there was like a new version of the demo, like the original demo I played still had like the Japanese voices in it, and you only had like the very first part of the game. Then there was an updated demo with, like, a little bit more uh, gameplay and English voices, and I played it over and over and over. So when the main game came out and I got it for Christmas, I immediately went to my bedroom where my PlayStation was, beat it, like, straight through, immediately reset, put in disc one, and played through the whole game again.
0: Wow. that's uh...
2: To this day, that is the only game that I've ever done that with.
0: Well, I, this Where is... it was
2: so good, I needed to play it twice.
0: Well, the... The the disc that I got was I think you're, I think we're thinking about this talking about the same thing. It was the Shadow Moses, right? The very beginning level, uh. Uh-huh. And I remember getting it in the official PlayStation magazine. Do you remember? you guys remember those? Oh yeah, yeah. And they'd actually come with yep. a demo disc of like ten to fifteen games. And I remember popping that in, and I was just like, "What is this? The music and the scope and how dark it was." And and of course I own it. I still in the original box and casing all that stuff. Uh. It was also a double-disc game, if yeah. I remember correctly. And if I remember correctly,
1: and
2: help me with this, Mike,
1: it was one of the first double-disc games for the PS1. <laughs>
2: um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily accurate, because, like, Final Fantasy VII had been out before then. Um, oh, okay. oh, okay, yeah. There was, it was the first was some game other games I bought
1: too. that was double-disc for the oh, PS1. It? Yeah, but I, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge RPG guy, so that might have been part of the reason. But I was like, damn, this game is two-disc long. Like, what's up with this? And... I I loved it. You're right. I, I loved the game. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun, and it opened up a lot of new worlds for me because I was used to shooting games, action games. But this game went, "Hey Rambo, uh, you got to do, <laughs> you got to hide and like oh, hide yeah. in a box and do weird." If you haven't played a yeah. stealth
2: game like that before, it will kick your ass like oh, immediately. Yeah, like it's his job. Uh, I, I will also say that it is one of the first actually I think it might be the first console game I can remember playing that's completely voice acted every bit of dialogue is voice acted.
0: That's another good point because yeah. um, and that was the thing was like, And like the
2: voice acting was good. It was
0: oh, really yeah, it was. good. And I think for me it's like if it's one of those games as well that doesn't look as good as you remember because of the the silicon knights I wouldn't call it a port, but the Silicon Knights version that they did uh, later on. Um, so you kind of, everyone goes back and remembers that version of it. But it was like the original, was it? The original PS1 didn't even have a mouth. Like it was just like a shadow. Like you And the hands were like blocks, if I'm remembering correctly. So, mm-hmm. but back in the day, that looked amazing because you were like, oh my God, this is, f-, you know, full voice cast. And also, it was one of the first games to. Uh, have the DualShock controller because it was that famous scene that they tech demoed that E3 when it came out of the guy dying of a heart attack when you're looking up of -hmm. of the Raptors and you look down and the guy's dying of a heart attack and I remember that day clearly as it was yesterday but like that sense of like that, that controller vibrating intensely and then all of a sudden that vibration just stopping like it gave this whole sense of like depth and like feeling to that scene and to that game like it really helped you know, give it another sense, another feeling, you know, when it comes to video games, and that really blew- – obviously now you, you get so used to Rumble, you don't even think about it, but back then it was, like, mind-blowing to me. No, uh- it
1: really was, because at the time I was working in the industry, and I remember seeing that and going uh, – calling where it worked and said, hey, do we have one of those dual shot controllers laying around? Can you put that to the side for me? I'm, I'm buying it when I come to work tomorrow. Uh, because I bought it, and then I took it home, and the game was a totally new experience. And I was like, I have to have a dual shock controller for this. Because, yeah, you had the two thumbsticks, but it wasn't dual shock unless you bought the special controller. Exactly. And I would remember, just totally remember buying that and thinking how much that added to the experience.
0: That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was uh, part of Mike's is uh, Metal Gear Solid released, uh, was it 97, if I'm not mistaken? Is that correct? I think it was 97. For, I uh, really should know this. Yeah, I think it was 1997.
2: 97 or, or 98. Yeah,
0: but it was released on the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. So uh, that was Metal Gear Solid. Okay, Mike, what's up next?
2: Um, let me pull up my list here um, in no specific order. Yeah, this one I would imagine would appear on a lot of uh, people's lists since we're still on the PlayStation 1, but I'm going to say Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I remember you let
1: me borrow this game from you. Yep. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, Um, that's go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah, it was just, uh, it's not really much of a challenge, at least especially for me, not anymore, but, uh, it's one of those games that is just, um, the graphics are pretty to look at. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Um, which is kind of a common theme in my list too, is that they all have pretty great soundtracks. Uh, but it's like, it's just one of those games I can just like play over and over. Uh, and, and I'm not sure why that is exactly, but it's just so well designed. Uh, the The actual gameplay, the way you can like use all your items and your weapons and stuff. Uh, there's definitely things I don't like about it, but as a whole, it's one of the... Uh, I think a lot of people would agree it's the best Castlevania game to date. Period.
0: Yeah, and it was it was done by Igarasi, uh son, who uh, you know he's obviously now left uh, Konami, but like he he was he was titled with this project, uh, and it for me I kind it kind of came out of nowhere because you know when I thought of Castlevania I always thought about the you know the Super Nintendo or Nintendo, and then obviously Castlevania Four, which you have for yeah. Super Nintendo, uh, really good games. You know, basic if you don't know the premise of it's one of the innovator games you know you uh, people call it metroidvania cuz metroid and castlevania had a similar premise of going you know, 2D side-scrolling, and you'd go back, to re-enter areas, and you'd open up part of the map and whatnot. But with, for me, Symphony of the Night, like you said, the music was phenomenal because you know the PS1 had had the ability because of the CD-ROM. You know, you could hide more, you put more storage on there, so you could enhance the quality of the audio. So you'd have like full electric guitars and like band and like you know, strings and orchestral. Like you could put whatever you want on there and have a lot more room to play with. And I think that was one of the main differences between the sixty four and the PS one was the audio was just leaps and bounds better than the sixty four. So for me, it was like Symphony of the Night. Some of yep. the voice acting was a little cheesy. Like even even retrospectively, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the
2: voice acting is pretty infamous in that game. You know, everybody always goes to die, monster. You <laughs> don't belong in this world.
0: Yeah, Alucard. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I like I like the fact that like you, and not to spoil anything, but. There's two versions of this game. I mean, there's two parts of this game that you, if you don't know about, it, this game is, you know what I'm saying? You probably can explain I, it more. I think I cl- it's
2: old enough that you can kind of spoil it at this point.
0: Okay. The Reverse Castle, uh, with Richter, and all well, that. Well,
2: and here's what was so genius about it is because you look at your save game, it'll tell you like what percent you have the game completed, right? Sure. But the total completion you can get isn't 100%, it's no. actually 200% but you don't even start getting to 200% until you get to the second castle. So the whole game kind of tricks you and thinking, yeah, you about got the game beat, whatever. Like I remember the first time I beat the game, I got the bad ending. I killed Richter in the first castle. And I was like, it seemed a little short and that's kind of a sad ending. So I'm like, but I know there was a lot of rooms and stuff I didn't explore. So I'm like, well, let me boot up again and see what else there is. Cause that's what the game did. Like you wanted to explore every single right. corner of that place. exactly. Um, then I'm like, well, here's some items and like, here's these two rings you have. And it's like, well, there's a hidden message there. And then you figure out what that means. And you're like, Holy crap. I just opened up another. I just doubled the size of this game by doing all this. So that was absolutely brilliant. That was something that was actually kept a pretty good secret uh, when the game came oh, out true. until you played it.
0: Well, it's not like now where, you know, you, you E3, people spoil a lot of stuff that happens beforehand. But uh, I love Symphony Night. I think it's a game that must play. And uh, I think people can find it on PlayStation Network, correct? I think it's Yeah, there. it's on
2: PlayStation Network. I actually think, uh, personally, the best version of the game is actually on the place uh, PlayStation Portable, the PSP, which you can also get on the Vita Uh, Via digital download as part of the uh, Dracula X Chronicles, which also comes with Rondo of Blood, which was the prequel to uh, uh, came out before Symphony of the Night. Um, That game they redid the voice acting, so it doesn't sound so bad. Um, They added in a couple of the familiars, the little guys that follow you around, uh, that were exclusive to the Japanese version. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah, just a, a little bit of extra touches, and plus it's just you know Symphony of the Night on the go, and can't really beat that.
0: Yeah, so that was uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, for a PS1, uh, one, a 1997 released by Konami. And what else you got, Mike?
2: Okay, this one, uh, some people may have heard of it. I'm going to assume most people haven't even played it. Uh, full throttle on the PC. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
2: LucasArts, good yep. call, brother. Good times. You played it?
0: Yeah, Yeah. both of us oh, have.
2: Oh, my God. I, it's so good. I've, it is so rare for me to encounter people that have actually played the game. Um like i grew up my uncle he had uh, a macintosh power pc uh back in the 90s and uh, he was living with us for a while and he had like all these lucas arts games um so of course uh my first introduction was maniac mansion on the nes Oh, nice. um then he showed me uh, monkey island uh curse of monkey or not curse of monkey island but uh LeChuck's revenge monkey island 2 um indiana jones fate of atlantis all this oh, um yeah. and he had a demo disc that had a demo full throttle on there and I immediately fell in love with it and uh, eventually uh, somehow through a buddy uh, from work my dad got a copy of the full game so I played the full game now for those who aren't familiar full throttle is kind of uh, in many ways your typical point and click adventure in the same vein of the monkey island games yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, these days you could compare it to like the telltale games like the walking dead and stuff like yeah. that um but this had a much different setting like most uh point-and-click games at the time had like some sort of fantasy setting or swashbuckling pirates but this was just like uh near future not quite post-apocalyptic um but it was definitely like a rundown uh world um
0: very mad max like just...
2: yeah it w- it was very much like yeah i would say it's like the first mad max probably very inspired by mad max not so much the road warrior uh, it's not that intense yet um but you you play as the leader of a biker gang and uh these uh these business guys want to try and make a deal with your biker gang because uh, they want to bring in more shareholders and bring in some funding so they're like well let's bring these biker gangs to our shareholders meeting that way we look like we're legit and everything And then you eventually uncover like this sort of conspiracy that's going on. And there's like this uh, theme of uh, treachery and uh, everything that's going on. And all of a sudden you lose your gang. You're kind of by yourself and you're trying to like go and save your gang from all this stuff. But uh, it just had a very, very cool uh, theme and feel to the whole thing that, uh, you know, the whole thing with like these biker gangs and uh, this sort of like run down desert towns that you didn't really see in uh, any game I could think of at the time. Fallout, maybe, but you definitely didn't have any vehicles or anything. Um,
0: also, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, does voice work in the game? Mark Hamill
2: voices, uh, yeah, he voices the main villain in that game. And it sound, you can definitely, you know, yeah. hear uh, bits of Joker in that performance. Uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the whole game's voice acted. All yeah. the voice acting, I think, is fantastic. Soundtrack is awesome, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like the soundtrack is absolutely perfect for for that game. Uh, they actually got it, it. It sounds like the kind of uh, you know the sort of uh, rock and roll music you would like hear in a bar or something. Uh, it, it, very fitting. Uh...
0: Oh no, I think we lost Mike. Mike, you yeah, there? There oh. you go. Yeah. So back. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no uh, worries. I was just
2: saying that the game was also made by Tim Schafer.
0: Oh, double yeah. fine. Yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, well, before Double Fine, even back when Tim Schaefer was still at Lucas Arts.
0: yeah, he later he um, later get, later to do you know Grim Fandango and Psychonauts and like Brutal Legend and all these other games. Like the dude yeah. has a pedigree, but like yeah, when he was with Lucas Arts, like the dude was brilliant my already back then. You could see where he was going to go, and he's obviously still doing some amazing things. With uh, also, Broken I Age. feel like,
1: and this is reading a lot of the situation. I think they gave a lot of they gave him a lot of rope. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, yeah. they gave him a lot of leeway, and they were like, look, this is a bright kid. This kid's going to do big things. Yep. And uh, a lot of his games, because look at Grim Fandango. That was also a Arts game. Yep. Um, you know, they gave him a lot of leeway there because he could make good stories. He knew how to write good games. And he also knew how to make the games work in that space because right. you didn't have a lot of room to work with back then.
0: Right, so. could, especially because this game you know, was running on DOS, too, actually. Yeah, uh, both of them were. Yeah, so, that's yeah. something that, you know, mm-hmm. the kids nowadays have no idea what that means, DOS. No. You know, having to boot things in DOS and, and run that. Obviously, you could run a Mac in Windows as well, but, like, you just think about the old days of DOS. You know, like, that's, <laughs> like, that's ancient history now, it seems like. Can people can people find this on, like, good old games? Or, like, is this still able to... Can people still play this game somewhere? Do you know? Because I know good old games is, like, taking all these games that you can't play on your current computers, you know, like X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter and all that. Like, they're taking these games and making them playable for uh, current-gen <laughs> PCs. I'd wonder if, like, the this is on a game you could find somewhere. Because right now you can't really play it unless you do some trickery.
2: Yeah, um... Yeah, to to my knowledge, there's no official way you can actually get the game right now. I know they put some of the LucasArts uh, games on Steam, but uh, Full Throttle, I don't think, is uh, one that ever made it out yet.
0: Well, we got a remaster of Grand Fandango for PS4, so I'd be curious to see if they start doing other remasters for... I would
2: love for them to. Um, You know, they actually, uh, you may or may not know this, they were working many, many years ago... uh, you know, back on the when the PlayStation Two was still current, they were working on a sequel to Full Throttle.
0: Right, I do remember no that. Joke. Yeah, it got canceled mm-hmm. though.
2: Really? Yeah, it got canceled. It, which is probably a good thing because they said it just wasn't turning out good. Like what they were working on, they just weren't happy with it, so it wasn't worth to try and release it. And what's also sad is the voice actor for uh, the lead character Ben. Yeah, uh, Roy Conroy, actor,
0: uh, Conrad. Conrad.
2: Like, yeah, Roy Conrad. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, like he—he's no longer with. He us. He died of like, lung cancer.
0: Had, so yeah a
2: long time ago um, yeah. so so you wouldn't be able to get his voice back so yeah. even if they did try to do a sequel you would have to get a pretty good imitator because that voice was pretty iconic oh, for that game amazing. too he was like kind of your Michael being like really gruff sort of like when I think of the road <laughs> I think of two things asshole in trouble <laughs> like god i played that game so i can beat that game in like 30 minutes well i'm like, looking forward to doing you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, 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 to seeing
0: go. your uh your uh let's plays on your youtube channel so you'll have to do that one if you can figure out how to get it to work so it'll be a lot of fun uh so yeah that was uh full throttle um uh, it came out in 1995 it originally released on dos mac and windows so what's your next game mike
2: um let's go uh I know when we have talked, you you and I kind of agree that uh, Super Nintendo is one of the best consoles um, ever. Ever. Uh, If nothing else for, you know, that's library of games that it had. Exactly. Um, So uh, I got to throw a platformer on here. And I tried to kind of make my list sort of like broad and like touch all these different genres. So uh, I'm going to finally throw another platformer on here. I'm going to throw Donkey Kong Country 2 in there.
1: Oh, I love that one. Wow, not the original.
2: Not the original. Um, I love the original, but I don't like it. In my opinion, it didn't have nearly as much polish as the second one did. Yep, I agree. And I also like
0: the the co op too. The addition of Diddy Kong mm-hmm. as well, which I, I thought was a nice little uh, addition to the game.
2: Yeah. Well, Diddy Kong was in the first Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, but you couldn't play. You as could play as him though. Not exclusively, you could. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could in the same way you can play as Dixie Kong in Donkey Kong Country too. Is really? You could still.
0: Oh, okay. I don't remember that,
2: but yeah. Yeah, you could you could tag team your characters in and out.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can't I maybe because I played Donkey Kong Country two more than the first one, that's what's like stuck in my head. But uh was like,
2: no, Diddy, Diddy you can absolutely play as Diddy in the first one. Okay. But uh yeah, the second one, like it it just had a lot more polish. It fleshed out the world a bit. You had like uh, these NPCs you could actually talk to that did a lot more than just save your game and like uh, there were so many secrets to get. Like it was a game that made you want to so you want to go out and uh, get all the collectibles, uh, oh, get sure. all the bonus levels and everything, because uh, it it showed you uh, throughout the game you could go to this lost world and find all these other uh, extra levels you can do. So uh, it, it made you want to go and get that uh, full ending.
0: Yeah, I really, I really love the game. That's uh, the game that I think about obviously now that i'm thinking about that's the game i always think about is the second one in the series i think like you said it's really polished well fleshed out awesome collectibles fantastic music uh grant kirk hope uh and david, david wise Weiss. yeah so they they were both amazing on that project um which they would go later on to do uh ukulele which we'll talk about another topic in another episode <laughs> but uh yeah really awesome soundtrack great music just lots did of you re- ever
2: uh listen to the remix album that they did on oc remix yep
0: that's it was fantastic. Which
2: David Wise actually contributed to, yep.
0: which I was just like, "It's oh, nuts!" Thank you. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it so, much. so uh but yeah, so that's a Donkey Kong Country Two, um, came out on the Super Nintendo. So, by the
2: way, you... uh, the full title is Donkey Kong Country Two: Diddy's Conquest.
0: Oh, okay, it, yeah.
2: It took me way too long to realize the conquest part of it. The the sort of pun they made in the title. <laughs> Because I was like, yeah, it's Diddy's Kong quest. Like, he's on a quest for Kongs. Like He's trying to rescue Donkey Kong. And then I was like, I was much later. I was like a young adult at the time. And I was like, oh! Oh, wait
1: a, a
0: minute. Kong yeah. quest. Oh, you dirty, dirty. <laughs> you dirty, dirty apes. Yeah, so that was... But what yeah, year did that come out? Again. 95, 94? What, what year did that come out? I think it was like 94, or 95. Somewhere around there. Uh, really great game. But- Definitely check it out. Uh it was Rare, right, originally? It was Rare. And Rare did the second one, too. Yeah, they did all three, I think, if memory serves. There was
1: three Donkey Kong Yeah, there's on three. Super Nintendo? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't and they, know had some, three they had some on Game Boy Super Color ones as well. I they had Game Boy, Color, had Game Boy well. Color, but I didn't know they had three on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
0: So definitely check those out if you're able to find your hands on them because they're very hard to find because of the whole Rare debacle with uh, Microsoft owning so Rare. So trying to tell me that these games are... Rare. They're rare. Oh, ah! no.
2: Okay, we're here all night, folks. Actually, yeah.
0: try the veal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mike. I was
2: what's... there, so I could not high five you guys.
0: <laughs> so what's your what's your other game? So we we uh, we've already done what three so far, He's right? Done four. Done f- done four.
2: Got one more left. Yeah. yeah. Was for it. yeah. Well, wow. Listen, this is
0: going by left. quick. Okay. You just can do math at this can. point So in the night. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a
1: rare occasion.
0: Rare. Rare. Ah! Ah! All right. We're usually going to have this cheesy, folks. But uh, thank you for still watching. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, what is your last one? Drum roll, please.
1: Ow.
2: Doom.
0: Doom. Nice. Nice. Wow, back on the original PC. Holy crap. Wow. Talk I about that game, apps.
2: Doom. Everybody who played it loved Doom. I have never heard a single person that was like,
0: oh, I didn't really
2: like Doom. Like, no, every time, like, at work, I have a Doom mouse pad, um, which has a title screen from Ultimate Doom printed on it. And every time people see that and recognize what it is, they're like, oh, my God, that game's awesome. I remember yeah. playing that game so long ago, blah, blah. Um, I personally have... a. Uh, a personal tradition of mine where every year uh at no specific time I will either beat from start to finish um all four episodes of ultimate doom or I will beat doom 2 nice uh I just I I don't get tired of it it's always a game that I will uh boot up every once in a while and uh, it takes the littlest nudging for me to like fire up a game of doom and just start playing doom like, it takes nothing to convince me to play Doom again.
0: Well, I love Doom because it was like this the sense of the unknown because I've not played a game like this before. Like, when you first play it, you're like, God, I don't know what this is. Because correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Wolfenstein preceded Doom? Yes, it did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, obviously, I felt like there was elements of Wolfenstein in Doom, but I still feel like Doom had its own character, its own, like, over-the-top, just... Shoot them up, you know what I mean. You had a blast. You had, a, you know, you found little um, weapons here and there, and, and upgrades and all that stuff. And going in and just different corridors. And a lot of games would actually capitalize on that, like Duke Nukem. A lot of games oh, yeah. would kind of like oh, yeah. capitalize and just kind of do their own Doom-like game. And and it was well, like that. back whole... in
2: the day, we didn't have the term first-person shooter. We had Doom clones, is what we yeah, called it. True. Them. Yeah. sure everything um, was a doom clone until we decided that was its own genre until it became its yeah. own genre that just went out of control but uh yeah like not even just like on a gameplay level but on a technical level just like the game engine like everything was textured uh floor was textured ceilings were textured um you had a uh, parallax scrolling and uh, backgrounds for outdoor areas you had uh You know these, at the time, pretty high-res sprites for all the weapons, all the enemies and everything, and the game just, it was fast. It was fast-paced. It was just, go, go, shoot the the bad guys, shoot the bad guys, go. Uh, Another thing I loved about it, it's one of the few games I can think of that actually just, it it doesn't pussyfoot around. Like, you're fighting demons from hell. Like, it is literally hell that you are fighting. You are literally going into uh, being invaded by the demons of hell and i just thought like that's so freaking
0: metal i love the uh like, i love the, the sound f- effects so metal i love the sound effects too though oh like, my god, god those, those are, are iconic. iconic yeah it is insane Linus. the sounds of the
2: doors opening yep. or the shotgun blasts oh, yeah. and everything i the, love the plasma gun yeah everybody recognizes that the yeah, monsters
0: no, they had a. Uh, didn't Xbox three hundred and sixty? Didn't they do like a either summer of arcade or remastering or something? Didn't they do a version for Xbox three hundred and sixty? They did. Because I remember yeah, buying you, you it. You
2: can you can get like a, I don't know if it's still in the marketplace or not, but you can get uh, like straight up. Uh, I think Doom man I think Doom Two's on there too. Oh
1: really? wow! I didn't know Doom Two I, was I on there. I bought Doom One. I didn't know Doom Two was on there. I would love I, I to. Have might be, Doom I might be. I might be
2: lying on there. But what you can get if you don't have that option is a. Uh, the doom three bfg edition like the kind of little bit of an update they did for uh doom three for xbox Come, 360 yeah right and uh ps3 and pc comes with doom and doom 2 on it
0: oh that's nice. awesome that's cool
2: yeah so that's another way you can get it and i think you can just straight up get the games on steam too if you want to go sure. that route but here's what's so like people love doom so much that like people have made their own engines for doom. Like oh, they, yeah. they've played around with it. They modded the crap out of it. Now you can have like completely 3d monsters and uh, items and everything. Um, people will still play that game online to this day. And I mean, a lot of people like uh, Z Damon is a version. I like to play every once in a while. People are still making uh, new maps for it. Still making new mods for it. Like it is a game that will not die. Like, Will be dead. That game will still be being played by somebody.
0: Sure, definitely. I mean, Doom is great. I think it. Uh, like you said, there was no other other than like Wolfenstein. There was no other real games that was doing quote unquote first person shooters at the time. Because no, like you said, no, that no. was that was an unheard genre. And I feel like it's it's one of those games where you have to you have to put on a top list somewhere if it, it may not be your top 5 and it's got to be on your top list cuz a because of the technical aspect of the game what it did for the industry i mean there's a lot of things you've got to you know it
2: is one of the most important games that have ever came out very
0: revolutionary Definitely. yeah so that is mike's top 5 so and of course uh, doom came out in 1993 uh from id software um they have obviously gone on to do other games uh as well uh, but yeah so uh thank you for your top 5 is awesome yeah
1: a break before we do the next one because that was like 40 minutes just his.
0: uh no we won't be spending as much time i wanted to give mike enough time to you know really flesh out what he wanted to say cool. um we'll just keep jumping in we'll go with yours deuce we'll start off All right. with using this is deuces top five in no order uh, top five. and feel free mike to jump in anytime to comment on his game that he's talking about so
1: yeah so cool. we're gonna go from top to bottom no particular order uh, the first one, I know this is going to sound very, very weird, but for me, it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, and the reason being for that one was I, I had not, I didn't get in on the Xbox when it came to the multiplayer shooters. Um, I only got to the multiplayer game when it came to Xbox 360, and I had an Xbox Live account and things like that. Uh, the first uh, Call of Duty came out Modern Warfare, which I liked, and I played multiplayer But when 2 came out, what they did, which was completely different, they added a lot of RPG aspects to it. Like, you had to level up, you had to get a certain amount of points to get certain guns, and you to get attachments for guns. And they really made it almost like, excuse me, an RPG meets a first-person shooter. And because of that, I really, really started playing it, enjoying it, and I spent... God knows how many hours on it. Like, yeah. stupid amount of hours. And that's kind of what made me fall in love with the Call of Duty series. Sure. Because I was like, well, you know, I'm not just playing a first-person When did shooter. this come out? Well, what system was it? Uh, it was on Xbox 360. I can't tell you the year right off the top of my head, but it was... Was Modern Warfare Warfare
0: 1 on, on 360? Was that uh, on
1: Xbox? Modern Warfare 1 was on Xbox 360.
0: Oh, because they both were on Xbox it, yeah, 360. Yeah, so it
1: was Modern Warfare 1, and then there was another Call of Duty, and then it was Modern Warfare 2. Sure. And when Modern Warfare 2 came out, it blew. That was one of the games that really kind of, in my opinion, kind of concrete, consolidated, like, video games are a big deal. Like, it made so much money, people were turning around and taking notice. They're like, holy fucking shit, this game made just stupid amounts of money like this well, beat the box office gross of like Titanic of how much money right. it made
0: so like this is this was the like if you want to look at it, this is where the pendulum was swinging in that direction yeah. for Call yeah. of Duty because now Call of Duty sells 30 million easily 30 million copies oh, uh, yeah. even to this day even though it's wind down windled down a little bit but yeah. it's still selling really well uh, oh yeah it's
1: it's still selling like gangbusters I don't think
0: anybody will yeah. sit
1: here and say that it doesn't sell well But this is kind of when it kind of, it changed, if you will, because it it made it just not a go out there, uh, because there were games before this where it was team deathmatch, like, you go kill people, and you get the points, and you win the match. no. You win the match, and now you upgrade to where you can get these guns that you couldn't get before. You get these uh, attachments to the guns you couldn't get before. You had the perk system. You had all. So these it was more. Things.
0: You're saying this was like the a revolutionary Call of Duty, like it's oh a, yeah, it was a Call of Duty that kind of put only, things on the map, so yeah, to speak. And
1: uh, not only that, it was revo- revolutionary for first person shooters. It was revolutionary for first person shooters, like Doom was. Like it right. took it to a whole new level. Especially in the area of esports and in the level of multiplayer gaming, sure, like, you wouldn't have anything like this if sure. it wasn't for for
2: multiplayer. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, also, keep in mind at the time uh, before you know Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare came out, almost every uh, military shooter was, was World, World War Two. Yep, and we were getting sick of them by the time. Oh, uh, we were yep.
1: so done. I remember, like they were like, "Oh my god!" And it, it was funny thing because after that. It was Modern Warfare 2, and the next game in the Call of Duty series, because I was in the industry at the time, was going to be Call of Duty World at War. And they're like, really? We're going back to World War 2? But they said, look, this will be the last game ever that's going to be in World <laughs> War 2 that's got the Call of Duty name on it. And everybody's like, oh, okay. And then they kind of rolled with it. and then after well, yeah, that, that was the it, one that yeah. came out
2: between Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. But no, it, no, no, even no. If you,
1: it came out after a Modern Warfare 2, because after that, mm-hmm. it was uh, Modern Warfare no. 3 and then uh, Black Ops.
2: No, Black Ops came out before Modern Warfare 3. I promise you that, because Black Ops was the last Call of Duty one I played, and then Modern Warfare 3 came out after that. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. But, Internet's get to correct uh, this no, later. No, man. no, <laughs> I man. No, If he says that's what's up, that's what's up. I believe him. <laughs> yeah, World of War uh, came out between them because uh, I never bought 4. Uh, I played it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and then I bought World at War, and then I bought Modern Warfare 2, which yeah, I was, which the was the only phenomenal. one that lined up outside of GameStop to get the PC version. Wow. And uh, there, Like, I went up there, and he didn't even ask. He was like, uh, did you have P- uh, PS3 or 360? I was like, I had a PC actually, and he's like, "Did we even get those?" And he's <laughs> like, there was literally two copies that that store yeah, got, no, and one know. of them was for me, and wow, some other guy pre-ordered the other one. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing that I kind of resent Call of Duty for a little bit is like they do not cater to the PC audience really, like hardly at yeah. all. Well, it, I, I it is strictly console shooter.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong on this, because one of my buddies, Nate, who's a good friend of the show, told me this. They used to cater to the the computer gamer all the time, but it was right around Modern Warfare 2 where they kind of ditched the PC and went straight to console. Because he said before that, like the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like Modern Warfare 1, he was like, that was great to play on my PC. And he said right around yeah modern warfare 2 is like oh they just pretty much said screw it we're not going to deal with them
2: well and modern warfare 2 was the first uh big game that came out that said we're not doing dedicated servers for multiplayer Um, yeah it's gonna be like peer-to-peer multiplayer uh which uh caused a lot of people to make like this uh steam group called like boycott modern warfare 2 (laughs) uh which uh if you're on the internet you would know when Modern Warfare two came out, someone took a screenshot and like over half the people in that group were playing Modern Warfare yep, Two as soon as it came out.
0: So yeah, uh that so it was a I'd never played it, because uh, that the first Call of Duty game that I ever played was uh Black Ops, the first Black Ops, which I really mm-hmm. liked.
1: Which you said was right after Modern Warfare Two?
0: Yep. Okay. So I played Black Ops and then Black Ops Two, I played uh because of the zombie stuff, because I I had a friend of mine that was really big into the zombie stuff, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I you know I haven't played Modern Warfare too. I do know you know from a you know from the gaming aspect how important it was you know to you know the history of gaming and and yeah. how how budgets for games have really gotten huge since then too. You know, I kinda, and I think
1: that was a game that kind of launched it because they were sure. like, holy shit, because they were. They touted how big the launch of Modern Warfare 2 was. Like It was, at that time, monumental in the gaming world. They're like, holy shit, we can make this money, much money off of a game? And yeah. So they started throwing more money at games. And I think part of that is the reason why we have the big AAA titles we have now. Sure.
0: So that was uh, Modern Warfare 2, which released on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Yep, And uh, what's your next, Deuce? What do you my got next?
1: next one is one of my personal favorites. It is Super Mario World. Uh, I had to actually save up my lawn mowing money to buy a Super Nintendo because I had an original Nintendo my parents bought for me. And they're like, no, we're not going to buy you another one. You need to get a job. And I'm talking, I'm like double digits. I'm like 10. So I had a lawnmower, and I'm like, you know what? Let me go around and ask the neighbors to see if they'll let me mow the lawns for them, and they did. Like, I had at one point, I had ten lawns a week. I was lawn mowing. and I it took me about four months, and I got enough money for my Super Nintendo. And I, I well, the it. original
0: got bundled with, uh, with Super Mario World. World, yeah, and that
1: was the first game I had on, mm-hmm. it. and I was like, oh my god, this is so pretty. And I, don't get me wrong, I love Super Mario World three; it's one of my personal favorites. But once you kind of jump to that next level, the graphics were crisper, the sound was better, there were so many more colors, uh, and you could do, and you got Yoshi, who I loved. It was like it was like this is the greatest and thing. There's that's was ever a lot. Of, to there's
0: me. a lot of hidden secrets too in the game, and, and oh yeah, some of it was uh, in your face, obvious. With you were like, what are these? dash, yellow dashes mean, and yeah. you'd come back later to find out they meant blocks that you'd unlock for later on, but oh, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of nooks and crannies with Super Mario World, and of course, as a technical aspect, I do agree, it's one of the, it was more superior than anything that Nintendo's done up to that point, point. Um, and it released back in 1991, and it just think about it, you know, crazy to think about where games have taken from that point on, because Nintendo has pretty much been just rehashing the best parts of Super Mario World ever since, you know, if you think about it. Uh, especially with the new Super Mario World games for DS and 3DS, super and Super Mario Maker, yeah, of out. course Super Mario yeah. Maker is going to have the Super looks, Mario World. It
2: Looks incredible! I'm super yeah. excited.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for that. So I, no one's groggy with you with that. That game is fantastic. I so. loved
2: it. It was one of my personal favorites. So and the secrets you
1: could find in that game yeah. too, oh like my the God, Star they Road were silly. and like... like you, it was almost like the Metroid of Super Mario <laughs> <laughs> games because you go do something, it's like, oh, but you can come back to this level
2: and do this, and I'm like. No shit. And like and you, you go you back beat and all you the do it. Yeah. levels and then the turtle shells turn into Mario faces yep. and you're like what yeah. and
0: I actually legitimately to this day still get creeped out when I go to a coast castle like when Mario goes and he looks up and he's like oh no and then this this the music and the the sounds that the ghosts would make and like <laughs> that still creep me out you know like and I love the music the music in this game is fantastic but the ghost theme is just Awesome! I, I love the. Ghost oh, I thing. love the
2: athletic thing the ragtime piano thing they got yeah, going on. It it's awesome. fantastic.
0: So yeah, that Super Mario World came out in 1991 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Deuce, what you got next? My next one is
1: TMNT, the arcade game. Ooh, I love the teenage teenage mutant ninja turtles as a kid, as we oh, yeah. all probably did. Um, I had the
0: bed sheets. I, I had pajamas. I have the underwear, and yeah. I still love like Mike. I still love. I'm I'm wearing the underoos right now, and I don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> yep. so, I saw
2: the coming out of their shells tour. I ain't mad. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Skipping stones. I'll
1: what, <laughs> stones. That that is one. That is one of just side note. One of my favorite stories to my mom. The Orlando Science Center had this big like Teenage Mutant Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles uh it was like a convention but they didn't call it a convention so she got tickets and it was sponsored by pizza of course um <laughs> so we went and me and my mom and one of her friends and one of the kids I went to school with we all went we had pizza and they, they actually had the ninja turtles come out and they were in the it was way before the coming out of their Shells tour. This this was way more ghetto than that. Like, this, these turtle costumes came out, and they're like, hey, everybody, what's going on? And I'm like, those are scary. <laughs> like, those are oh, the no. turtles I know. So, you yeah. immediately have regret. Yeah. yeah. And so mom took me. We got all their, uh, their autographs. But then this was actually cool as shit. They took us to the planetarium, and they showed us, like, four episodes in a row, hopped up on, like, Mountain Dew and fucking pizza, shitty-ass pizza, Um, uh, four episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a row on the planetarium. So you're, like, leaning back, looking (laughs) at the ceiling, and there's, like, four episodes of the Turtles. There was like at least three guys there, or higher's balls. And like, <laughs> it was the greatest thing I think it's <laughs> ever happened. So it was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I
0: love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And like, uh, as a good parent, my son of course loves them too. Uh, and I have like six hundred Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like uh, out of the box. Unfortunately, because yeah. When you're a kid, you played with your toys. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, like I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And d- just to you folks at home know? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game essentially came on ported as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the game. Yeah, for the NES. Because yeah. I had it
1: for the NES, which I played like
0: crazy. But it, it was a huge leap in, in, in technical oh fidelity God, yeah. from the first uh, one. Oh, the Off-In-B-Line the is the NAS yeah. one, which I still to this day have not got past the water level, which is nuts. Nobody uh, can. Yeah, it's it's. it's oh, ridiculous. you think
2: the water level sucks? You've never even seen the Technodrome. That is the—I can beat the water level. I cannot touch the Technodrome.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Arcade. Uh, I remember going in back when arcades were like on the corner everywhere. You know, you go to an arcade, they always had the bowling alley or the pizza, you know, hut or whatever. Like they'd have all these arcades, and I remember going in, just losing quarters after quarters after quarters into that thing, and just. And I love like shell shocked, and you'd fall down, yeah. and like, and then you, the character select to a little turtle. Yep, the character select the screen, and like you'd get a pizza. And like to... the
2: first level, it's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Like the entire first level, like half the screen is nothing but fire, and you're like, oh my god, this is intense. Yeah, this they had like the little going mousers going oh, yeah.
0: back, shooting beams at you, and you're jumping and dodging. I mean, it was such a great game and, oh, and so much god. fun, and like it was after the cartoon has really got successful, so obviously you yeah, could see like, some of that.
1: Yeah. You already knew, like, because kids were. Already Already super excited about turtles, yeah, and so it, it kind of hit that sweet spot when it was in that like the highest peak probably of turtle mania yeah. in the eighties, uh-huh. yeah. So, but I loved it because when I got it for my nest, the the you know it, it, something you kids don't know about anymore, you actually got an instruction manual, yep, that came with your video game, and the back page you could rip off. And it was like a coupon for pizza for Pizza Hut. <laughs> it was like, by the way, if you rip this off, you can get a half price off of a meat lover's pizza. Yeah. And so they... it was like, yeah, mom, let's go to Pizza Hut. And she's like, and you know, price? those coupons well, still work,
2: by the way. Do Keep they bones, work
1: yeah, Oh shit! I use coupons like every day. Are You fucking hot? Yeah. <laughs>
2: like I use coupons. No, but I mean every the ones that came out of that instruction manual. Like you can still redeem those. So, so I'm ex- I'm not even gonna lie. Day. If I go to
1: a pizza right now and be like, "Look, I got my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game coupon," I think there's some straight up mm-hmm. nerds in there. Like, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm going I'm gonna use my my master passcode to get you this. <laughs> yeah, because. It, Everybody in the Brothers, a Turtles fan, I don't think anybody that works at a pizza hut, when you bring them that ticket is going to be like, no, that's not working. No. They're going to be like, you know what? Holy crap. You've got this. I actually want to pin this back. You yep. know, in I'm going to frame of, it. <laughs> I'm going to frame it in the back of the pizza. Hut, so sure, <laughs> I would be more than happy to give you that, price. So, Deuce, that was the totally. Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade. Also, Obviously came out as number two uh, for the NES. Yep. So here
1: is a big one. I actually think it's going to hit a lot of our sweet spots. Command and Conquer.
0: Oh, sweet! Never mm. played
2: it. Are you fucking kidding me, Mike? I did. I never played a lot of strategy games. I don't care much for real-time strategy games. Really? So that was just a genre I never really oh, got into. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Command and
0: Conquer. Oh was... my
2: god! I played the shit out of that. That
1: was like probably one of my first two or three ever. Games on a PC.
0: I love Command yeah, Conquer. I played that. So Ever-living good, especially Red Alert yeah. when Red Alert came oh. out. Red Alert like took it to a whole nother level because obviously it was a uh, you could play it on PS1 and all that as well. Yeah. So you had like a cross platform there. Uh, fantastic series. For those who don't know, as Mike said, it's a real time RTS, real time strategy. Uh, you, you control a number of troops. Uh, these are all usually dealt with war, you know, yeah. command, uh, and you command your troops to conquer, correct, essentially. Uh, very, hints the name of the hints game. Hints the name of the game. Uh, very very simple concept. You could get really deep into it later on. There's a lots of story there as well. And, and Command and & Conquer was also almost to, like, a, a cult following for their CG cut scenes because they, oh, they had CG in there so as well good. as live action yeah. uh, with Michael Ironside was in a few. Like, there some really, really funny ones uh, later on down the road, but, like, there is... Isn't there, there it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs>
2: so one where, like, it's like the cutscenes basically star like porn actresses or yep. something or they yep. look like porn actresses. They do, if yeah. Not. So
1: you played the game, Mike? <laughs> no, I just watched the cutscenes. Yeah, I mean, a, yeah, no. A... <sighs> yeah, literally there's points where it's like you would have like two or three major actors that would be your like main main stars of the <laughs> right. game, but yeah. then all the basically other people that were in the scene yeah you're right they, they pulled like, them like, yeah. off hey look we're filming a porno like in the next bay
0: can we get some extras yeah, yeah. yeah. you want to get a, a, a credit on tim a video curry game and i'll give it? you
1: 25 dollars in a a meat <laughs> lover's pizza sure with my turtles
2: coupon yeah uh, <laughs> only with I your think turtles coupon. had like tim curry in it and like at yes. some point he's gone, oh, yes. and he said is the greatest space yeah
0: yeah, it's 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 pretty bizarre. It's pretty out there. There's a pretty big quote following from this games. Uh I really love the fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, it was a Command and Conquer came out on PC. Um, I, I think Mac got it later on. I, I can't recall that, but I know it DOS as well.
1: Yeah, and also the like the PlayStation, PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation then
0: got yeah. that as well. Um, anything that was CD-ROM based at the time got a got a version Pretty of it. Okay, Deuce, your last one I think right on the list is X Wing. The X Wing games
1: for the PC that was probably actually I can tell you right now. Besides my original 8-bit Nintendo. That was the first game I ever gotten a PC. Uh, I loved it. It was like, oh my god! I'm actually I'm an X-wing fighter. I'm I'm you know I'm Luke Skywalker. I can fly around an X-wing and you know I'm doing
0: missions. And
1: it was uh, probably yeah, because
0: you were in the view of the cockpit, so you felt like Wing Commander style. Yeah, so you yeah. felt very like, oh my god, this is the first time. I mean, obviously you had like the Atari stuff and the Sega 32X versions before that, but like this was like. The first time that you really got to like feel like you were in the cockpit, and, and it looked really good, it played really well. Uh, and, and of course, later on, it yeah. spawned the X Wing vs. TIE Fighter series, yeah. which is mind blowing. And yeah. I know those games actually are on gog.com, the good old games. Uh, yeah, those you can definitely check them out. Um, that's I'm, the first
2: time I played it is when they released them this year on uh, gog. Really? Oh, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. they're
0: yeah. really, really good, though. I really don't you them. like need a joystick
2: to play that, though? Like. Well, kinda... it's
1: funny that you say that because I remember uh, we had gotten, uh, my mom, God bless her, she had gotten breast cancer. Um, as soon as she got done with surgery and everything, she came home, and then we got the computer so we could do work with her on that. And we got the X-Wing game, and the next Christmas, I actually got the Joystick. Along it definitely it. helps. It's yeah. not
0: required, no, but, but it, it, it does a night it, and day, difference. Night and day yeah. difference in controls and stuff like that. Because I remember my, uh, I had a friend of mine that let me borrow his uh, his joystick. that sounds. Yeah. That sounds but funny. you needed to. You actually needed a good joystick. <laughs> and actually, I remember because
1: my brother bought it for me for Christmas. Because my brother at the time was living with me, him and his wife, uh, at, at my mom and dad's house. And so for Christmas, he got me this thing is fucking gigantic if you look at it now. This Microsoft joystick and it was like the joystick and it had a trigger and buttons on the top and all these buttons on the yeah. side. And you actually had to hook all this shit into your computer to make it work. So I had like full on like, oh, I'm driving the TIE her I'm fucking Luke Skywalker. I'm coolest kid in the world. Like... Yeah. But I loved it, man. Yeah. I loved it. it the TIE good. Fighter and then the X-Wing game. And, of course, the, the, uh, the synth uh,
0: version of John Williams' score always makes me chuckle oh, to yeah. this day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, really good games. And like, like Mike said, they're on GOG.com. Definitely oh, yeah. check them out. Uh, they're definitely worth your time. And you can get them pretty cheap. I think 10 bucks, something like that. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet.
2: Nowadays. I think 10 bucks yeah. will get you, like, both of them. Oh, wow. So really? you definitely
0: need to drop that $10 on oh, those yeah. games for sure. So that Deuce. So that was your top five, sir. That was. Uh, now down to mine. Mine. I feel like all of our lists are really diverse. Um, I tried. I actually had to change mine in mid in mid uh, uh, podcast because Mike has one that is on my list. So to make it. I not, told
1: you to drop your list no, 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 earlier. Like, no, it's cool. Yeah, but I,
0: I have give, all. I have know. all. Of, I, had, I had a few honorable mentions on there just in case that happened. So uh, I'll tell Mike which one it is at the end. Uh, that was originally on my list. So of course, pulling up my list now. Uh, I'm actually gonna go in order uh, from five up. One that Deuce was actually playing before we started uh, Street Fighter 2. Uh, yeah, buddy. Nice. Yeah, it was back um, back in 1991. I'm um, in the arcades and I was telling Deuce, like I remember just dropping quarters after quarters after quarters after quarters for this game, and I remember having to like mow lawns, extra lawns and stuff like that, and I, re- I remember just really, really, you know, loving on The weekends on Fridays, going and playing Street Fighter and, and just seeing how diverse. Because up to that point, you never really. I mean, we've seen fighting games before, but not to this scope where they actually had a quote unquote a story there where you had like backgrounds. Like, you'd actually see, like, when you'd wait for the credits, like they had the age, the blood type, and all this. Like, you, they actually it, like broke these characters down into something that people actually, like, all right, this has a history here. Uh, And then just the way it played and then the moving, the backgrounds and everything, the music is, of course, iconic. Like, I don't know anyone that doesn't know, you know, the Ryu or Guile's theme. I mean, they're amazing to this day. Uh, But just the way the fighting mechanics were, the blocking system, uh, it still holds up really well. Um, Street Fighter still sells really well. Uh, Definitely definitely looking forward to Street Fighter V, uh, which is a PS4 exclusive and PC Uh, That's going to be awesome. Uh, I've bought pretty much every iteration of Street Fighter, um, even the Alpha, EX Plus Alpha, I have them all. Uh, Love the series, but I remember the first time, and I actually have it in in my uh, SNES right now because Deuce was playing it before we started. I remember back in 1992 when I had my Super Nintendo, I remember like, oh, I want this. And I remember getting it for my 10th birthday. My mom bought me Street Fighter 2 and I was so excited because I had rented it at Blockbuster back when Blockbuster was around for you kids now I have no idea what Blockbuster is uh, back when it was Blockbuster and I remember just renting it out and Blockbuster would have all these events like a Street Fighter tournament and like you could go to the Nintendo World Championships and do I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff and it was really really cool but Street Fighter 2 holds a special place in my heart um, the original uh, really love it um, Deuce loves it he's been playing it so Mike you ever play uh, Street Fighter 2 any history with that?
2: yeah absolutely uh, <clears throat> I always remember like seeing it in our uh, arcades and I would like try it like once and then I decided I didn't want to try it anymore because there was no way I was going to get good at it in time to like not spend a lot of money on it because like the first opponent like I remember when I played always seemed to be Ryu uh, oh and he he's was... a bitch he and he would stand there and he'd well, shoot he fireballs like the whole time. Yeah. Like that was pretty much all Hanukin, he did. Like,
0: Hanukin. Hanukin. I, I,
2: I don't know what to do with that. So, like,
0: and he'd I, jump I on always, top of him and be like, sure, And you're like, oh,
2: damn well, And I, I think a lot of people, the first character they would uh, want to play as uh, would be Dulcine. Why? Because he was stretchy. So he could like just kick you from across the screen and not even worry about it. Uh, I remember I was kind of mad because. Uh, they put uh, Street Fighter 2 on the Wii Virtual Console. And I think it was the World Warrior version, mm-hmm. which uh, was the one that let you... Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Championship Edition. That was the one that got you... No, it was World Warrior. Yeah, World, World Warrior. Warrior did not have uh, Sagat and Bison that you could play as.
0: Right. World I Warrior think... was was what Street Fighter 2 was for, for Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, that, that was
2: like the base game. And then right. Championship Edition for added Sega. the bosses. Championship was but on then... Sega, yeah. And then they did a uh, turbo
0: and the super street fighter. Yeah. And all that. So they've iterated on right, it. Blah, so, blah.
2: but, uh, so I, uh, I had bought it on a uh, Wii virtual console. Cause I'm like, I really want to play this. And then it was like many months later, like, uh, turbo edition came out. I was like, well, dang it. Why didn't you just put this version out? Why did you put yeah. out the much crappier version and why are they the same price?
0: well i well from a Street Fighter Two purist here, I actually consider Street Fighter Two a better fighting mechanically, a, a more sound game because people w- with Street Fighter Two turbo, people because it was faster y- you could actually cheat there was technical glitches because of how fast uh, the game was running that you could actually you know go through any defense and the way you were attacking so from a from like a purist standpoint, Street Fighter Two turbo was not as good as the original Street Fighter, so just, just a little uh, two cents on that. We could go on forever about Street Fighter. But yeah, Street Fighter is... Uh, I actually had to change it because Castle uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night was my <laughs> was number five. Saying, I bet it was Symphony of the yep, Night that yep. was on your list. Yep, yep. Yeah, because I love that game. Uh, obviously, we talked about it a lot. Uh, number four, uh, The Legend of Zelda Linked Link to the Past um, is still considered, in my personal opinion, uh, one of the best. Um, and we can have that conversation for another day. But one of the best... Um, you know legend of, legend of zelda games uh obviously just the sense of exploration was amazing the music mm-hmm. Kondo's music was just phenomenal um, definitely
2: yeah. the best 2D Zelda game i don't i think a lot of people would have a hard time arguing that
0: yeah it's really really good and it still holds up today cuz i just got done playing through it uh recently for one of our uh, mvc video game book clubs uh part of the same group that does the amiibo group and all that uh really, really cool. Um it still holds up well. It's still really hard. Like I thought I owned that game back in the day and I knew it really well, but it is still really challenging. I died several times, you know, trying, be, yeah. Yeah, trying to find the heart pieces and everything like that. So it's a really, really good game. I really enjoyed it. So if you've not played it, it's available everywhere. So I mean they had Game Boy Advance carts uh they i mean it's been everywhere you can find uh find it so definitely check it out um we don't need to go into full detail about that game everybody that... knows link to the past yep. everyone think, yeah everyone the... goes uh another one um that is a quite a debate um for final fantasy fans uh number 3 is final fantasy 2 which is what it was released uh in the United States uh it was actually final fantasy 4 in Japan whoa i know it's a little confusing uh i actually consider that one of the superior Final Fantasy games. I know the internet explodes and they go Final Fantasy 6 is the best, Final Fantasy... I'm not saying Final Fantasy 6 is not bad. It's great, but I just connected more with Final Fantasy for the characters. Oh, a
2: lot of love. A lot of people love Well, Ford. the
0: theme of love music, like that's what that theme is. I mean, it is... There is a lot of amazing things that go on with the characters and then Kane and Cecil like their story and having a friend backstab you and then later on try to redeem himself... Like, there's these allegories and archetypes that we've all dealt with in our own lives. And it was really deep. It was one of the first real RPGs uh, that came stateside that really was, like, super emotional for me. That really made me fall in love with RPGs, uh, even though I'd played the Final Fantasy one and two prior. But this was uh, the one that really hit it in America from a, you know, standpoint of, like, hey, this is... It's something everyone needs to play, and I, I was very happy back when Square uh, was able to bring it over to the United States because it had a really good uh, uh, translation as well. The translation was really good. So, anyways, I know uh, the internet, you know, is mixed on that, but I love Final Fantasy Four or Two as it was released in the US. It's almost like it's your list. It is my list, uh, and there's <laughs> a very uh, I guess I, I love RPGs. Uh, my next one is probably the best RPG ever made. Period. Uh, Secret of Mana. Uh, came back out in nineteen uh ninety three, uh, for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It was a game that really my sister and I really got the bond playing. We 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 spent it we beat it over a a, a week uh during the summertime. And I we probably went sixty plus hours into the game. It was it was the first It was revolutionary too, because it was the very first RPG that you could. It's action based. It wasn't turn based uh, for Japanese uh, role playing games, so that was revolutionary at the time. Also revolutionary was that you could have three people play on screen at the same time, uh, thanks to the multi tap system that you could actually plug three controllers into the system, which was mind blowing at the time. No one mm-hmm. can. You could. No one could do that uh, at the time. Uh, I just love them. It is some of the best music I've ever heard, period, regardless of video games or anything. So it's, uh, you know, very excellent. Definitely check it out. It's available on the Wii Virtual Console. Um, there's, a I think, an Android and iOS version as well. Uh, awesome game. So definitely check that out. Secret of Mana, Super Nintendo, 1993. And now I, I leave the last one, which we'll have some discussion on now, since the other ones I kind of breezed through uh, really fast. Super Mario Brothers three, because Deuce originally had it on yeah, his list, I did, and then he and changed it to it Super Mario world. world. Yeah, I still consider <laughs> Super Mario Brothers three for the Nintendo Entertainment System. came out in nineteen ninety, uh, as one of the best games ever made. Period. Period. It's game changer. No doubt. Period. Yeah. Uh, and I remember my dad; he worked at Seven Eleven at the time. I, he worked there for thirty five years. But back then, Seven Eleven would actually you'd get games there, like you you could buy games there. I remember he came home. Because I was somewhat disappointed with Super Mario Bros. 2 because uh, it, obviously, for those who don't know, it was it actually was a different game, Doki Doki Panic, right? So it felt so different than the first one. And I, I remember playing Super Mario Bros. 2 being kind of... I I grew to like it later, but when I first played it, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. It was really confusing mm-hmm. to me. And then when he came home, I didn't even realize there was Super Mario Bros. 3 yet. And, uh, and then he goes, hey, I got a new game for you. And I'm like, all right, was it Jaws or whatever? I don't know. I was just kind of joking with him at the time. And he came in and he... He goes, no, 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 This is this new game that just came out like two days ago. And I go, okay. And I open it up. He had it wrapped or shrink wrapped or whatever. And I opened it up and. I was like, Superman Brothers 3? What are you talking about? There's a third one? Like, at the time, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have, I mean, unless you had Nintendo Power. You had never like, seen The Wizard. You, didn't, yeah, you, you didn't, yeah, you didn't see the movie or whatever, right? I hadn't seen the movie, right? So I was just like, what? what they don't have there? movie theaters in Louisiana. So no, no of didn't course. Know. Right. No, uh, but no, I was just like, I had no idea this game was out. And I remember playing it and just being blown away by because it was the first game that really had, like, this, like, map. Like, this world map. Like, that was revolutionary for its time. You know, a world map that you would go and you get to pick where you'd want to go. And you felt like you had, like... It felt like an adventure, you know? Like, it really felt like an adventure. And I remember just the colors. Like, it was on the same system, but the way they just... I don't know. It looked mind-blowingly better than, than Super Mario Brothers 1. And I just remember seeing the colors in this, the worlds, and then the, the Koopa kids, you know? uh and I just... Loved everything about it. And then, of course, later on, you'd find out uh, Warp Whistles and all that stuff. But I remember actually mm-hmm. playing the game several times, one through World 8, all the way through. And this was back in the day where you didn't have save states. So I remember, I don't know how many times I almost pulled my hair out like my mom would be coming and cleaning. I'd have it sitting there you know, how do you have like a little tape on there? Do not touch it. She'd accidentally bump it. And you guys know back in the day, yeah. You know, sometimes right. if you bump the system, it would reset or shake or whatever. It's and... it jiggled the cartridge. Yeah. The yeah. I was like, like, no, I was like world well, six and
2: controllers were wireless either. So people were tripping on them all the time. It's and true. So you I think, like-
0: Punching your sister. <laughs> yeah. I think she, like, bumped it by <laughs> accident, and it reset the game. And I'm like, I put all these hours into this. It was World 6. I'm like, you know, I don't I, right. I, I, Yeah, so I, I later on, obviously, would go through and beat it. And then, of course, the release of uh, the beautiful release of Super Mario All-Stars uh, for Super Nintendo. You finally get to revisit the game with updated visuals, and you got to save your game, which... Whew, uh, yeah. that game was really long actually and that was a thing that kind of differentiated Super Mario Brothers 3 amongst other games because we always talk about you know games and value like putting your money into it well games back in the day were actually really short like you could beat Mega mm-hmm. Man in in like an hour you know like if you were that good you can beat it in an hour you couldn't
2: save your game so you had to be able to beat it in one sitting
0: Right so that was a thing like Contra was another game that you know was really hard but you had to beat it in one sitting because you couldn't save anything uh, but that was why you got a lot of replay value of it because it was really hard and you wanted to get better. But Mar- but mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers 3 was actually from a actual gameplay. It if without warp whistles, obviously, you actually spent several several hours to be able to complete it from world one to world eight. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about twenty, thirty, forty hours it could take you to beat it. You know, dep- you know, obviously at the time you didn't have all the maps and stuff, so it could take you a long time to retry something. Um, but yeah, warp whistles. Obviously, you can beat it in what twelve minutes is the world record, something like that. Really well, fast. And like
2: every world that you encountered, like would throw something new at you in the game too. Like you had to play through the whole game to see everything: new enemies, new t- new types of levels. Like remember when you first get to World Four, the giant world?
0: Yeah. Oh my
2: seeing The giant enemies, and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, and I and that's why I always hate. I hate the fact that the whistles exist because it makes you not want like you you miss out on all of this content that Nintendo did and i just and you're right every world feels so different you start off with the world 1 which is the amalgamation of everything and then world 2 is like the desert world where you've got like the fire dudes the fire mm-hmm. snake jumping around and all that stuff like and then you have the Water World, in World Three, and then World Four is the Giant World. I mean, obviously, and then World Five or Six is the Cloud World. Like World every- Five is the Cloud World. Yeah. So obviously, it's just you crazy can tell because it's
2: like you do this one odd-looking level, and then like you have a completely different map you're looking at.
0: Yep. It's it's really strange. Obviously, I've played this game a lot. I, I know all the all the levels. But the thing I hated here's one thing I have to bitch about. I hated World Eight so much because of the one section. We all know what it is, where you you beat. You have you have several things like I feel like they throw in all kinds of you know fights at the end you know you've got like a a modified airship but it's on the lava and all. like they throw everything you've done through world one through seven they throw it here in world eight and then there's and then you think you get through it all then you go down a warp pipe and then there's these like these five little glowing boxes oh yeah that's why it's almost impossible to do a world record because the guy who held the world record got lucky and was able to go all the way through without the hand grabbing him because if the hand would grab you you'd have to reset the whole game because if for a world record timing because it was it was randomly generated because for those who don't know like you 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 know you'd have your little blocks that you go on to pick your worlds but you could actually just go through all five and the hand wouldn't grab you you can go on to the next level but it would grab you. would have to pull you into cool. this world. You'd have to beat it, and then you would continue on. But that was like a hair pulling for all like the world championship people because they were just like, "Ah, there's no way around that. You don't know what's randomly generated." But like that yeah. always annoyed me because I hated those levels are really hard. But I like going well, on. That's why
2: they put out a ROM hack where they like don't do that, so uh, speedrunners could do that. Right. Um. And a and a lot of uh like official speedrunners would allow that one particular hack to do that. Cause, uh. Just to avoid that nonsense. Yeah, but. it's
0: very, very annoying. Um, but Super Mario Brothers 3, it holds a p- special place in my heart. It's also a game that I play religiously every year. I've al- I'm always picking it up every year. And I always try. I never finish, but I always try to go from one, World 1 to World 8. And I usually just forget about it and start over again. But Because uh, on the Wii Virtual Console, you can save games and whatnot. So... But yeah, Super Mario Bros. three is a special game that I'll i remember to the Absolutely. day I die. It's it's so revolutionary for the industry of what two D platforming games well, are.
2: Yeah, it was one of the first games he played where like you couldn't like you could go right, but you could also go back left and you could go up and down. Like True. the level would move all over the place, which was like a real technical marvel for the NES at the time. Like most games do not do that.
0: Yeah, is so. uh, to think that it was on the same system. Like, for me, Super Mario Brothers 3 felt like it was on another system. Like, even though it wasn't, just because of all the things you just mentioned and how the technical prowess of what that game did. Like, still to this day is a game that I show my son, like, hey, this game is this game that you need to play and a game that you need to respect because it's a game that, you know... Pretty much changed the way we play video games. Kind of like everything in our list tonight, Deuce. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, with Call Mm -hmm. of Duty and with Doom and like everything we've talked about tonight.
1: Everything was a game changer in its own way uh, for
0: gaming. Yeah. So we thank you so much. I mean, this uh, went a little over our hour, but hey, this is a conversational podcast. We love talking about things we love. Mike, awesome. He had some amazing games in there. Deuce had some amazing games. And of course, you know, I breezed through mine, but we got to. We got to chat a little bit about Super Mario Brothers Three. Super Mario Brothers Three is awesome. So, uh, any last words, gentlemen, before we uh, head out on the internet?
1: Nope. Definitely. Thanks for staying around. Thank you for watching us on video.
0: Yep. And Mike, Mike, uh, you, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, Stone the Forbidden on YouTube. Uh, Stone five hundred one on Twitter. Uh, and then you can find me on PlayStation Network as uh, Stone five hundred as well.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Mike, for joining us again uh, with the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. You're awesome. For me. Tell wife, uh, tell your wife, Angela, we said hello and we miss her. Uh, for sure. And uh, of course, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, we are a twice weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays. And there's several ways to be able to find us on the internet. They can find us, uh, Facebook.com/slash Happy Hour Podcast Show. As you can see on our banner behind us, at HH Podcast Show on Twitter. And of course, there's. Three ways people can put in our Hashtags for our social media It is hashtag Happy Hour Podcast Hashtag HH Podcast Show And hashtag Deuces on the loose Later